Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Taking the Rams by the Horns, brought to you by Sowetin Live. As mentioned on Monday, this podcast is now twice every week, on Mondays and Thursdays. South Africa is alive with possibilities. I mean, who would have imagined a former president in jail? A sitting president sleeping on cash, literally. A cabinet minister visiting a common prisoner in jail. Or even the post office operating, even when they have nothing to do. Can you confirm that delivery performances drop? Welcome to the new Sowetan Live podcast called Taking the Rams by the Horns with me, Rams Mabote. Each week, I will be taking a lighter look at very serious topics that half the time drive you up the wall. This podcast will use humor to take no prisoners, have no holy cows, and cook a whole lot of sacrificial lambs. On Wednesday morning, we woke up to the news that Shiba the tiger had been located and unfortunately put down. Yes, wild animals don't get killed or slaughtered. They get put down. Let's recap. Before Wednesday, we had woken up to the news on Saturday of how Sheba escaped from a farm in Walkerville, south of Johannesburg. Too many coincidences here. A tiger walked out of a farm in Walkerville, and everything went south from there. Almost immediately, the situation got dire when it was reported that the animal had attacked a man and killed two pigs and a dog. One Nyakalo on Twitter rounded this up by saying, and I quote, So it's four men. (laughs) But that's not the point. I think Nyakalo is out of order. The fully grown tigress weighing just over 100 kilograms escaped from her enclosure on a plot. Her owner reported that his fence had been deliberately cut. And so, for a good four days, Shiba put Johannesburg in a frenzy. Who is going to be next? Will she be apprehended? How soon? All sorts of organizations got involved in the search, and that included the Walkerville Community Policing Forum, represented by Gresha Mendy. It's a private property, a private plot. Uh, the owner has a bit of wildlife. He's got the two tigers. He's got some zebra on the property. He's got some wolves. Um, and uh, he's, he, he has a, a, other wildlife also. Uh, on her way out, she killed a fellow deer. Um, and then what happened is she came up to the house just behind me to my right and your left. Uh, she went and she killed the dog there. Um, and that was on uh, Sunday, sorry, Saturday morning. Then Saturday evening uh, at about um, between 9 and 10 o'clock, she, um, she attacked uh, a male person, uh, a male, a 39-year-old male. He was walking home uh, at night at through the through the thick bush there and he bent down to tie his shoes and then she pounced on him she attacked him from behind and fortunately he was like 30 meters away from a dwelling where people where he had visited heard the commotion because he was screaming and then they came out with torches and that made a noise and then they chased the tiger away we had a fellow deer says Gresha Mendy that's unfair that's like putting Mike Tyson in the ring with the late baby Jake Matala and making them equals. It's not fair. (laughs) It's not a fair fight among equals. Both Shiba and the reindeer may be wild animals, but they cannot be called fellow animals. 
fellows don't attack one another. I mean, I don't think it's fair to the reindeer. But then this matter took on a very interesting turn. On Tuesday evening, while the search party was underway, Sheba walked back to the abode for dinner. <laughs> it is reported that she went back to Walker's fruit farm, not exactly for fruit, but something meaty, and then left again. Guys, this is what happened. In a whatever, two-kilometer radius, she went back, and she had dinner, and she left again. In fact, I think it's Botswana who say that. Loosely translated, we all need food for survival. So Sheba was out of his abode for days now and was getting hungry. It was only logical to go back where he knew for sure there was food, although described by the owners as pets. I guess a tiger has to do what a tiger has to do. Having failed to devour 39-year-old William Mokwena, Sheba had to get something substantial before going out window shopping again in Walkerville. Speaking of William Mokwena, he may just turn out to be a cat with a few lives himself, having escaped with only small injuries on his leg. I wanted to tighten my shoes, shoelace. Just by bending. I just had something, not even had it. You see, like, I put you out of nowhere. Then I fell with my bed like this. After I fell on, like this with my bed, it was already here, trying to, it was coming for the neck. Yes. You see, hands are not There's things, things are there. Yeah, yeah, the legs come a lot of power because I didn't stand up, I just kept kicking. If it comes to the side, I'm, I'm, I'm telling like, if it turns the side, I'm telling with it like that until, but I was also screaming. I was shouting. I am not sure about him describing that, that the tiger was coming for his neck and he managed to push it back. Mm -mm. This was the man who was described earlier by Gresham Mendy as screaming. And by just looking at the visuals, he weighs far less than Sheba. I can only attribute this to post-traumatic stress disorder. Or maybe he was just exaggerating for effect. You know, there were cameras there. We do that when we see cameras. But the apprehension and killing of Sheba was not good news, for, not only for the owner, but also for a lot of hopefuls out there. Having heard that the intrepid lawyer Zola Majavu had taken up the matter to represent Mukwena against the owners of the tiger, I can only suspect one or two or several people who saw an opportunity. To sound a warning shot to those who take it upon themselves to breed and hold these dangerous animals. Pit bulls, pythons, tigers, lions, the list is endless because the legal duty is the same. If you are a keeper of an animal and you keep it out of its natural habitat, the law expects of you to take concomitant measures to mitigate against unforeseen uh, incidents of, 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 of escapes. But in this instance, it is reasonably foreseeable that in that environment, with a fence that can easily be cut, that such an animal can escape. It is also foreseeable that if it escapes and is hungry, it's going to prey on animals, dogs, 
other pets or human beings. So a human life could easily have been lost here. If only I could get in contact with the tiger and maybe it just scratches my hand or my back, me too could get Zolama Javu representing me and suing the owners for malicious attack, trauma and all sorts of things. It is not unfathomable that someone out there thought that Shiva is not so wild and strong if she could not kill Mukwena. And therefore, a few were willing to take their chances. Just as well they did not. And then after dinner on Tuesday, Shiba was back on the walkabout in Walkerville. But her days were numbered, sadly. So in Live reporter Orin Singh had reported already on Tuesday that the eight-year-old cat had been spotted near a waterhole and would be surely captured by Tuesday. Well, it did not exactly happen on Tuesday, but she was finally located early hours of Wednesday and Julie put down. And with that, the pain of the owners got deeper, the relief of Walkerville and Johannesburg came, and the hopes of future victims of Sheba dissipated. Rest in peace, Sheba. Although I suspect your partner, the remaining tiger at the Walker Fruit Farm, will be in mourning as we speak. But as they say, tigers don't cry. I often wonder, mostly in frustration and anger, how the Johannesburg Metro Police Department, the JMPD, functions. Take, for instance, what I normally observe in Dobsonville, Soweto. About 50 meters from the police station, is a huge intersection of Elias Motswaledi and Reverend Kenneth Mudise roads, probably one of the busiest intersections in Soweto and maybe in Johannesburg. At the best of times, the traffic lights don't work at this intersection, with or without load shedding. When that is the case, this becomes one of the worst places to find yourself in. Taxis do not stop. They make U-turns in the middle of the intersection, and sometimes... Just stop right in the middle of it, either for a chat or a smoke. The other motorists, either because of frustration or fear of missing out, that thing called FOMO, join in and do all sorts of stupid things. Yet, with all this, it is not unusual for the JMPD to stage an operation on the opposite end, also only about 150 meters from the intersection. There, they stop motorists who have just survived the exhausting intersection and check for licenses, car discs, and of course, if uh, drivers are under the influence. I often ask myself, and I dare say I want to ask the JMPD officers themselves, why they do not walk across and direct traffic, which I suspect for my insanity is what they do for a living. That's what they get paid for. It's part of their work. But each time I'm visited by such stupid thoughts, I find myself revisiting this historical clip featuring a JMPD officer. The person that was arrested by the police this morning was trying to bribe the MEC and unfortunately he had more than uh, 3,000 in him but he can only bribe with 190. So you can see the insults that are given to our officials all the time. There you have it. During operations, JMPD can out you for offering them two small amounts of bribes, especially when you have enough money to offer them more. That's utter disrespectful of you. You must all up your game. Tinekasi. Until next Monday, from me, Rems Mabote, goodbye and God bless.